Welcome to the Empowered Women Rise podcast with me, your host, Lucy Bennett. Today, I'm super excited to welcome Beauty Maria Camacho, who is an entrepreneur based in Guam, the middle of the Western Pacific Ocean. Um, so Beauty's going to talk to us about the life that she has led, the most incredible experiences, overcoming many challenges. Um, she is a pioneer for fundraising and more recently, within the last 24 hours, has become a number one bestseller as part of the incredible book, When Women Heal, which is a collaboration between 16 incredible women leaders from across the globe that came together to create this magical story of determination, inspiration, and finding the silver linings in the darkest of storms of their lives. Um, The book is led by my personal mentor, Natasha Bray, um, under the brand The Story Mind. Very exciting. So do listen to our little chat today and enjoy. Welcome, Beauty. It's fantastic to have you here. So tell us all about you. Hi, everybody. Hi, Lucy. Thank you so much for having me. Well, my name's Beauty Camacho. Um, I'm 28. I'm a native Chamorro woman from the island of Guam, like you mentioned. Uh, I'm a single mommy to two boys. Uh, My eldest is 10 and my youngest is six. And I have been studying entrepreneurship since I was 13. Uh, Probably been reading about entrepreneurship since I was 10. But um, studying entrepreneurship, meaning I was going to the universities and the colleges, taking all of these business courses as a freshman and sophomore in high school. And I I remember getting the look older people who are just looking at me like, what is this girl here? Is Is she like trying to take some notes to write a report for school or whatever it means? maybe and I'm like oh no I'm here I'm your classmate <laughs> you know That's and I, I entered the yeah it was so funny and I entered this um, environment for myself to to really uh, get familiar with it and get comfortable with being uncomfortable um, my parents were both entrepreneurs so it was something that I really enjoyed doing I loved learning new things like I mentioned earlier And uh, the entrepreneurial journey for me has been a mix of definitely personal development, spirituality, definitely, uh, you know, like U.S.-based corporate business training. And uh, then when I started to get in touch with other entrepreneurs and coaches like yourself, it was like, wow, there's such a there's such a different realm to business when you actually uh, merge, you know, spirituality and self-development and, and healing, most importantly for me, uh, with business, because you're able to uh, further advance your missions and everything when you combine all of those things together. So yeah. at the at the moment in time, I have at one point, I, I think I had like six income streams from different things that I did not like at all. And I guess because people saw that I was successful with my own business and my my business babies, the, the things that I created out of nothing, um, they, you know, I, I got a lot of pressure saying, hey, beauty, maybe you can join this and this is how much you'll invest or you don't have to invest anything. Just join me and be under my team and you're going to grow and you're going to do so great. But I, I wasn't having fun. I wasn't having fun with any of that. And I, and I didn't know how to say no to these people. I yeah. didn't know how to say no to the friends of my family or even though I believed in them I, and I believed in their products, I 
I am definitely someone who loves to try new things. Don't get me wrong. But now in this point in time, I'm like, if it's not in alignment with me, I'm like, okay, never mind. I don't, I, I can say no now. <laughs> I know how yeah. to, I know how to Put my boundaries up and so but yeah that's how my entrepreneurial journey started and now um i'm interested in launching a membership model and more so in the uh digital information aspects of my brand um only because my brand which turned uh we turned eight years eight years uh on the 13th so that was yeah. that was so fun and um we were an events agency and we still are, we still have the licensure to do that, but I envision it to now be um, a model for teaching other people how to uh, basically be a clone of myself and yeah. have to create know, service, well. service the community in, in that way. Yeah. yeah. So have you been hit by, by the COVID over there in Guam? Oh have yeah. Business. Yeah. As well. Definitely. So, in events is is a tough one you know just like our wedding industry over here that I'm in mm -hmm. you know it's, it is tough so I mean what would you say for you um obviously you've been an entrepreneur from a young age so have you actually ever had a nine-to-five job or have you always been an oh entrepreneur? yeah yeah there there have definitely been some times where um actually when I was I, I started writing my first business plan when I was 14 wow. and I've written many of them, but I didn't license my business until seven years later after I wrote my first one. And I guess it was, um, you know, the fear of feeling too young. That was that was my fear of why I didn't start right away. But when I think about it, it's like I've never asked anyone what their age was, so I don't know what I was being so silly about. So. Uh, um now i've moved past that at like whenever i have a great idea i'm just like okay just start on it just test it you know send it out there let's see if it works and just have fun with it um but yes i've definitely had a nine to five job i i was a sushi uh waitress for my uncle's restaurant i worked at a pela shoe source um and then i was I was supposed to help my friend's marketing or the marketing company that she worked for. I was only supposed to be there for a month, but I ended up staying there for eight, eight months. And then what else did I do? And then I was also a, um, I used to sell funeral plans for our local funeral home. Wow. Um, yeah, I've, I've done a lot of interesting things. And then then the, the most recent that I um, withdrew from was being a, uh, a program director for the women's rehabilitation center that we have here so that one was one of the most interesting that i've ever been a part of um but now what what i do is the fun forte company and that's where the fundraising and events agency comes in i do authorship artwork and lots of creative work with my other brand called beauty collabs and yeah. a part of that i'm also a um, an applied suicide intervention skills training trainer. Now that one's a little bit of a longer title only because when you say assist, there's a very select group of people who know what assist is. And um, if you do know what assist is, then thank you so much for taking a training because it's awesome. And then the other title that I have is a um, one of the nine team leaders for the Female Entrepreneur Association. So yeah, I love keeping myself busy and yeah. you know just supporting people in as many ways as possible yeah that's amazing that is amazing um oh 
yeah I just lost you for a second there the signals the signals a little bit in and out today so it's the first oh, time no we've problem. had signal problems with the interviews that's amazing what would be the hardest decision you've ever had to make within all of these businesses that you've got oh man um I had a similar question on the other interview I had today and really it comes down to the relationships of the people you allow around yourself like for me the the hardest one was uh, breaking up with the father of my children. I didn't realize how much of an act being with him and in that toxicity kept me so small. It kept me very, very small. And yeah. even though I was able to win multiple awards and scholarships and different things, you know, I was able to do, I was able to achieve so much even while I was still going through that toxic relationship, but I could have expanded uh, sooner and faster if I, if I ended that earlier than I than I did, yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. and the relationships, not not just with partners, but the relationships with um, clients and vendors. Like I I am definitely one who believes that the client should be aware of their responsibility as well. So I don't like I don't necessarily like like the customers always right type of you know mantra and things like that because when um when there is something obviously wrong we both need to come out and address those you know issues and not just not just burden yourself as the business owner or the service provider or the product provider that you're in the wrong all the time no like i yeah. i love being able to show that the customer and, and i we both have a mutual responsibility to ensure that this you know experience that they're having is something that's their part as well so yeah, definitely relationships. That has been my biggest hurdle only because I didn't like coming off as, you know, someone who was like heartless or soulless when you would have to fire a client or whatever it may be. And that that was definitely tough for me. Yeah. So, so like you say, said earlier, the setting boundaries, you know, like because yeah. actually to fire a client or to tell a client what's what's OK and what's not is not a bad thing it's just setting your boundaries and and we're all within our rights to set our boundaries i i have uh my contract with for the boutique wedding co is really really strict and it really lays down that you know there will be no verbal abuse or or communication abuse in any way whether it by whatsapp email anything and then on the wedding day you know we're abused i say that if we're abused by guests then we were within our rights to walk out because it's unacceptable oh, yeah. to be abused. But it was something that I had to put in after being screamed at and after my partner having to suffer racial criticism oh, no. and abuse yeah. from guests. I mean, he's Spanish, so it's it's racial in the sense of like they, the British sometimes feel that the Spanish are lower than them, you know, and it's like, oh man. Frustrating. So I've been there before, having to defend like waiting staff and, and my partner Jesus and stuff. And it's like you people always, you know, that kind of attitude that the client's always right. Well, it it isn't. It can't be true. It's not true because sometimes when you're in business and you are an entrepreneur, you come up against some extremely unpleasant people, right? Like in the beginning, when you're when oh, you're yeah, definitely. Client, not putting yourself out there authentically, you end up attracting the wrong people, and it's. It's not even about like, oh, creating an accidental band and having weddings that don't look like yours. In my case, it was about attracting people that like could see that they could treat me in a certain yeah. way. So like really, take advantage of it, yeah. Mm -hmm. exactly. 
you know they saw my weaknesses straight away so so yeah so really putting yourself out there and showing who you are and setting the boundaries quite clearly you know so it's so important but entrepreneurship and business it is about relationships isn't it and if if a relationship doesn't work for you then why should you keep going forward with it you know it's not something that you should have to suffer is it so truly believe in that as well I really agree with you there so what about you know as a female entrepreneur do you believe that the experience is different to men oh definitely definitely um it's funny because when people read my name, they think I'm a man, especially if they if they only see my first name. And I guess because in um, like Australia or other parts of the world, that first uh, what four or five letters, the B E A U, that um, that sends a signal that it's like like it's more masculine, I guess. And so whenever I'm called and they don't know me, they already address me as Mr. Camacho. So if I don't sign off as a, if I don't sign off with like hearts or, you know, all my little girly emojis and things like that, um, then I do get treated a, a, a different way. But when I, I, I also feel like I have a more of a masculine presence when I, when I step into a room only because I'm, I'm the eldest grandchild out of my family and I'm also the eldest child in my family. So I've always had this way of making sure that somebody needs to pay attention to what I have to say only because I'm observant enough to make sure everybody's safe and that was the main priority for me like when wherever I'm at I just want to make sure everybody's physically safe and emotionally safe like like if that happened if like what happened to Jesus happened in front of me I would have definitely been the one of them to call that out as well yeah you know? exactly so exactly it's, That's like, it's yeah, yeah. I, I I really feel like I've I've been like one of my sole missions is to make sure people are defended and to make sure that whoever is defensive against them has the opportunity to heal whatever it is that's triggering them. You know, yeah. like we're all human. There are things that will trigger us, but I I have a very um median way of living like I don't like to take anyone's sides so when when you bring up the the part of about gender you know like yes I love being a woman but I also sense that there are you know there are other um elements to business and to life that men have a little bit easier but for me as a mom of sons I want to make sure my my sons um work for what they what they want what they desire and also take advantage of what they have presented to them, but then yeah. to also fairly defend others who they observe are also being mistreated, if that makes sense, yeah, just to, you know, absolutely. level that playing field. But but I didn't really take that, you know, I didn't really take being a woman as something that was a handicap or anything like that. I made sure I entered all the contests or all the, you know, scholarship opportunities, everything that I could get my hand on, I entered it. Like one of one of the um, one of the m- most fun contests I ever joined. I was actually pregnant with my son as a high schooler, and my wow. com- my competitors were uh, other high school students who were both male, and they were from they were from uh, private schools. And you know, I here I am a pregnant. Typ- it's it's very typical to be like pregnant and from public school here on here on our island. And you know, I was embarrassed because I was also a, a team. I was also a student leader at that time, and 
then I presented my work and just blew everybody away, you know, being able to show that I'm a, yes, I'm, I'm female, I'm a woman, but I know what I'm doing. I know, I know how to do my research. I know how to get things done. And even though I'm young, even though I'm a girl, I can get in with whoever I need to do if I really want it that bad. So I never really, you know, made it a handicap for myself to take advantage of. I, I just loved the idea of competing against myself. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. That's really, really good. And it's empowering in its own way as well, because it's, you know, you obviously <laughs> face challenges, but don't let them get you down or don't don't feel that, you know, that disempowered by the, the fact that the men are, you know, obviously the competition there. So what would what mistakes would you say that you've made along the way? Oh, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've actually I've I've made it a point to make as many mistakes as possible to to learn um, from myself. Um, I think the the biggest mistake that I feel that I've ever made was not starting on my ideas as soon as I should have, as yeah. soon as I had them. Um, so many of us get stuck in that vortex of fear of like, oh, I'm not good enough. Who am I to, you know, that imposter syndrome, self-sabotaging mess that uh, puts so many of us in, in the cycle. And it really does get vortex because you get in those mixed emotions for, for months and then yeah. nothing happens. Years and then nothing happens. And then you're like, oh, yeah, this I had this idea. And then you see somebody put together a program or a course or whatever it may be that's a bit similar to what you had an idea of. And you're like, oh, I could have been working on it ever since. And that's what I could have had as well. But it doesn't stop us, you know, from from actually going about and doing it like this, this membership program that I have idea for I've had that ever since I was 13 years old and I'm only launching it now yeah and that is 25 or not 25 15 years right I'm, my math is all wrong <laughs> I'm, I'm 28 now so it's like you know when you when you do the calculations like wow that's how long it's gonna take for me like no I don't want to I don't want to scare anyone away from their big ideas but just get it done you know just get yeah. it done no matter how far along the idea is or whatever just just try it just experiment with it and if it doesn't happen then it doesn't happen maybe it's just meant for another time frame and I think that's what is the same thing for me is these ideas are meant for this this time frame this year and Definitely. not necessarily as before you know so i don't i, I don't take it hard well. on myself and but that's definitely one of the things that i feel is like a mistake for me was not starting as soon as i had the idea yeah you know, and just trying it out yeah. just having fun with the experimentation process but like you say maybe it wasn't yeah. the right time and maybe it wouldn't have kind of like pulled off well in that moment maybe maybe you didn't have the capacity to manage it I mean I, I find you know having a membership people think I'm going to start a membership and they think it's easy and it's not easy I work huge amount of hours and it's a small membership so the amount of hours I work for that membership at the moment it doesn't really justify a wage you know it, it's really, right, right. really small because you have to put a lot of love and effort into it and make people mm -hmm. feel really good and you're there I'm there, you know, four times a month. So, but then obviously posting as well. And it's a huge amount of work. So it's maybe it wasn't the right time, you know, maybe you just needed it to be the right time. But it's yeah. so true to 
there's these you know we get these kind of ideas gifted to us from the universe and that that idea kind of comes down and it goes to many people so you end up seeing like similar ideas or but we're all unique and that's the great thing right. we've been talking about uniqueness in my course because I'm running a course at the moment and you know what what makes us different and the girls were really struggling to do it so I was like well think about how you know how you're a little bit weird so you've been on <laughs> on Natasha's course with me and I think in in the last one that we were on together we had to look at our quirks and all of those things oh, yeah. I got the girls thinking about being weird and how do people tell you that you're weird you know how are you different right. like, and own it and just to own it like I remember so many people calling me a witch only because there would be things that happen to me, like like let's say we're playing a game of like something that's totally chance. And it would, like my classmates or my family and my friends, they'd see me win so many times. They were just like, you know what? It's either magic or you're involved somehow or whatever, but you are just a straight up bruja. And that's what it, that's what it means in like Spanish or in, even in our language for witch or witchcraft. And yeah. I'm just like, no, it's just because I believe in myself. You know, that's, that's the, the, that's magic is making sure I believe in myself first of all, for whatever it is I want or am able to envision. And I remember even my ex saying one day he was like, could you just manifest a million dollars already? Because uh, it'll it'll help our life out, you know? And I just looked at him like, what? What does that even mean? You know, I felt power. I felt powerful, but I also felt used at the same time because he's been, he's bore witness to a lot of my manifesting abilities and all of the weird quirky stuff that I've been able to luckily happen to me as well, you know? So when I heard that, I was like, man, I, I guess I need to take the, these manifesting steps a little bit further. And this was years ago, way before I even kind of thought about, you know, breaking things up, off with him. And, um, or no, that was around the time when I was starting to get a little bit more irritated with him. So yeah, I was like, okay, you know what, this is, this is a sign for me to, to detach myself from thinking I need this man to be in my life, to be happy. And, um, yeah, I really started playing around with my manifestation powers a, a, a lot better, doing my vision boards better, um, meditating more often. Uh, I think I was also starting to do more of like the journaling exercises and things like that. I don't journal as much as I want to now, but I think I apply that also to a lot of like these interviews and some stuff that I write into my calendar and my, and my um, yeah, like my calendar and my, and uh my digital calendar as well to like you know just stay focused and to be a part just to be a part of the process of of our goals but yeah definitely i i love being weird i love being unique my name already says it all you know like uh, so many people ask me like oh what's your name mean and i'm like i don't know my mom just wanted my mom just named me that you know she just misspelled it and that's okay i, I love it <laughs> so yeah definitely owning owning your uniqueness is is so important yeah, completely. I think as we get older, it's easy to, easier for us to embrace our uniqueness. But if we've been persecuted for it as a child or in a past yeah. life, then we might not feel that comfortable being that person and letting it show. And it's it's interesting that you said people, you know, called you a witch because they thought that you were creating magic. But perhaps it's just because you were empowered and you were positive oh, yeah. and, oh, and yeah. you vibrated at a high frequency that people found that intimidating in itself. Yeah, you know? yeah definitely and yes it did it did negatively affect me in the 
in my early childhood but now i miss it i like i miss the um spontaneity of it you know happening because yes yes it, it still happens but not as often as it would happen when i was younger because yeah. i feel like now as an adult you want to prove that it works <laughs> right but as a yeah. kid it's just like oh this is so fun and you yeah. don't have the attachment of knowing the how right but as an adult, it's like, okay, we got to figure out this formula. Like, come on, let's make all of this money. How's it happening? So yeah, I'm trying to detach myself from the how and really having so much more fun with it. Like the other one, like I think almost $300 at a bingo game. And it was like my second time going to bingo with my mom. And she's just looking at me like, what? This is so cool. So yes, you know, little fun things like that. When, when, when I know that I'm having fun and I'm just believing in myself, I can feel it. I can feel my hands sweating. And then I feel like something right here on my neck. So those are, those are my physical signs of, you know, it, it happening or it's about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that. I mean, when you're a kid, you are more in your feminine flow, your feminine energy, because you haven't yet, you've not yet had to become so much in your ma masculine because you haven't competed. Mm -hmm. Like you said earlier, you were stood up, a, a pregnant, um, you know, teenager at school, stood up against two guys in the competition. So you really had to, in that moment, tap into your masculine energy to compete in that moment. But also oh, yeah. the way that your education, you know, from such a, learn, a young age, was you were such a high achiever, also masculine energy so um yeah i mean i would say start meditating on a daily basis tap into that feminine energy and we want to hear about the magic that you create that's after a, you do that <laughs> thank you I, yeah that's that's actually great advice i do i need to because um i find myself me meditating longer in the showers i love that water meditation yeah, and just right. letting everything go but i don't i don't do my morning and my evening meditations as often as i should and i don't like put myself in in the ample environment all the time like sometimes i'll be i'll be reading reading or um listening to some of my meditation prompts in like my car and you know like that's not the ideal environment for something where you want to just tune everything out but it, i feel like okay i gotta plug it into my schedule so i'll put it to my schedule or I'll, I'll do it while i'm waiting and then i i forget that that's even though it's actually it's you know continuous action towards it forget that i'm not putting myself in that ample environment like i mentioned earlier so yes thank yeah. you so much for that reminder <laughs> It's hard when you're busy and you are super busy. You have so much going on. But what I find is that like you crack open the, the shell of the spirituality almost. And then, you know, you, the secret to your success is inside. It's like, the, you know, the egg inside of it. But you've got to keep the meditation and the spirituality going to keep opening it up or the hypnotherapy or whatever it may be that you do, you know, because you've you've done that as well. And you know that that works. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, it, and then when you when you keep digging, you start to kind of get the, you know, it all starts coming together and you get the ideas coming through, you know, well. So it's, it's exciting. I love it. Yeah, it I is. You, you kind of believe in that as well. So you, you are doing some amazing things in your work and your life because actually you've got the the suicide assist, right? But you're also do your fun forte is a charity, charity focus as well. So you're helping people in what you do is that something that you've always oh, yeah. felt for to help people yes i i still remember being a part of like the first fundraisers when i was a little when i was a little girl like i remember like helping out my family and friends like here on guam whenever somebody needs some help we we do try to get together as a family or 
um, a neighborhood, a community to fundraise for them to to go off island. And that's that's the most typical type of fundraising is medical because Guam is such a small island. We don't have certain specialists for you know different areas of the body. We're very limited, so they do have to end up flying out to the United States or the Philippines or Indonesia, wherever it is that they might get the best treatment for their condition. And um, you know, I, I remember being a little girl and just handing out all these raffle tickets or collecting money, counting dollar bills, whatever it may be, just to make sure that somebody else is feeling better. But I really started falling in love with fundraising when my mom was an Avon representative. And Avon is uh, like a home, it's a, I, yeah, I'm not too sure what they are now, but I remember before our house was like stock piled up with Avon boxes, we couldn't didn't even walk the hallway. We had to shimmy through. And even though it was uncomfortable for a little bit of time, we could see the success happening for my mom because it was apparent. And we were also very helpful with her. And she she gained a lot of her Avon success by supporting these different fundraisers and um, fundraising campaigns. And that's when I fell in love with it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is helping so many people. It's helping a lot of students. It's helping a lot of um, communities, sports clubs, and things like that. And when I started to um, be a little bit more into school and student leadership, I always had the best fundraising ideas, the, the fun ones, things that would bring people together as well as make a lot of money. And I'm like, okay, I need to turn this into the, a business because people are asking for clones of me. And that's when that's when I was like, oh, this is something that's gonna, you know, be able to work in the future. Is like if somebody is begging for me to do something for them, I might as well start charging. But I didn't yeah. do that until years later. And I would give and give and give so much of myself out being conscious about it that I led myself into burnout and I was like, okay. How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And this is around the time when I also broke up with my partner. So, you know, when you when you when you force yourself into that type of situation, you're going to have to be able to self-sustain. And it was just such a fun way for me to, you know, fill myself back up and be like, oh, there's the beauty that I used to know, you know. And yeah. with the with the fundraising and uh, what we do with Fun Forte is we put together the plans for people so they can either buy the plans or they can do both where they purchase the plans and the personnel to go ahead and execute the fundraisers for them. Wow. So that's the main idea right. of the membership that I have only because it saves so much time. You know, it saves the um, founders a lot of time when it comes to forwarding their missions because when when smaller organizations need money, they don't necessarily have access to the grant money that they're able to apply for or qualify for right away. So fizzing here and there is the way to um, sustain their missions. And I love yeah. it. <laughs> That's amazing, I love it, that is so good. So last question now, how are you living and running your business with heart and soul? Oh my gosh, I just make sure that I'm having fun every day. Like if I don't, if I'm not having fun, then I need to just, you know, be honest with myself and be like, okay, this is what you need to do. Go take a nap, first of all, 
<laughs> take a nap and then go back to whatever it is that you may need to be because um, when I discovered my human design, I think it was uh, the, towards the end of 2019, I was like, wow, this is this makes so much sense for me. When when I read it, I was like, this makes complete sense for me. No wonder why I went through all of these things. No wonder why I find, you know, find it so easy to um, think of my life as a lesson. And as a splenic projector, I'm like, oh my gosh, all of these things make so much sense now. And I went crazy with understanding my human design because everything was so aligned for me. Yeah. And I said, okay, if this is if this is how I'm supposed to live my life, let's test it out. So in the beginning of 2020, like maybe January, or yeah, I think it was around January, February, before, before COVID kind of hit Guam, um, I was already following the trends that our uh, Asian markets in the event in the events industry were, you know, reporting. And I, yeah. and I would go back to my clients and I'll be like, hey, you know, this is what's happening. And this is what I foresee. This is what my gut is telling me is that we need to shut down these events. Here's your money back if you want it back. But if you want to, you know, keep these deposits here in, in your account, that's fine with me. But I'm telling you right now, we're all going to go into lockdown. And yeah. even though I didn't have the actual, you know, data or facts about it, I had, well, I had data and the and the reports from the Asian markets, but it didn't necessarily trickle into Guam until March. But these yeah. were things that I've been following since December and January. And when it finally happened, they're like, oh my gosh, beauty, good call, good call. And I'm like, no, this is just, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing crazy about it. I'm yeah. just, I'm just being your, I'm being your friend and being your provider. This is what I, I knew needed to happen for you. Yeah. And then um, I remember in, in February, that's when I had a, uh, a cash infusion and I paid off so much of, so much of my uh, um, debt and things like that. I was like, wow, living by design is so much easier than, going out and seeking for all of these different opportunities because when i started to be more intentional about it things just kept coming to me and i was i was able to implement those boundaries way better than ever before so whenever someone you know has a problem or anything like that i'm like you need to either look up your human design or go and find somebody who can give you a good reading because it yeah. changed my life i'm not too sure if it'll change your life but it changed my life and that's what i'm doing to you know help you out a little bit even though so I'm not like a master of human design. I know my chart. I know my kids' chart. So <laughs> at least I know that. <laughs> I have a little bit of a, a head start on their lives. <laughs> Brilliant. It's so important. And um, for people who are watching who don't know what human design is, it is basically a formula that is based on um, the Kabbalah, astrology, the I Ching, and the chakras. Um, and it is created, it was created in 1987 by this guy. He basically had a vision to create it. And it you can put in your date of birth, your birth location, and it gives you your chart. And like beauty, I am a splenic projector. I didn't know if you knew that. Oh my that. gosh, really? No, I, I didn't. That's so cool. Wait, I think we may, I think we no, I think that was some, probably yeah. somebody else, but I know we chatted um briefly about it. That's so cool. Yeah. So I'm like you, I really see when I talk to people, when I coach people, I can talk to them for five minutes and I can see exactly what they need. Yeah. So when I do one to ones, I'm like, right, OK, I've got your intake form and then we're having our chat. And like, this is where we need to go. Boom, 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 boom. Mm -hmm. And it's really nice for people because they're like, wow, I feel so understood. And it's right. just it, it's our instinctive 
design, isn't it, as, as a splenic projector, that we're able to do that with people and we're able to foresee things. And we have this um, intuitiveness that's so powerful. Mm -hmm. So last Friday, my partner had a, a really bad feeling about a meeting that we had to go to. And then the meeting was fine. But when we were at the meeting, we had an encounter with somebody that we didn't want to see. So he mm. knew it was going to happen and he knew it all day. He just was like, I had this bad feeling, you know, and it's it's so funny because we're both the same. You know, can you believe it? Two splenic projectors living in the same house. So, wow. it's so that is I like thought, extra ample security. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Today, I've got I love that. In the Wild Hearted Entrepreneur, well, actually, it's in the Empowered Success Collective, but I've invited people in the Wild Hearted Entrepreneur into it as well. We've got a Zoom session with this amazing um, human design specialist called Livy Lasanos, and I've got my reading yes, with her. Yeah, you know, Livy, so we've, my proper reading is in 7th of April. I've got my actual reading with her. But today she's going to be coming in and doing a presentation, and people can join on Zoom, and the events are in both of my groups. So, yeah, check it out. If you're looking into human design, you want to know more about it, then come and join us today. Because it's life-changing, isn't it, knowing it? And it is. It was. And I was just, like, blown away. Like, because when, when, you, when you're into astrology and you're into your zodiac and then you're into your chakras and spirituality, then it just collects it all together. And it's like, okay, it's time for you to get off that glass ceiling now and just, you know, enjoy life a little bit more. <laughs> So Absolutely. I was like, okay, this is this is the time, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and as as projectors, forcing things does not work for us, does it? It's like we have to flow. Yeah. And I I have lived my life working in my masculine energy as well. And it really, you know, the last the last six months I've been moving away from that, and it's it's definitely helped yeah. me. Just even if it's just helping me to have more rest or to take more time out for me or, you know, actually embracing the fact that as projectors, we should be spending four hours a day working only and then the yeah. rest of the time studying and resting, you know, and it's like so every day I'm studying, you know, and I'm loving it and I'm growing so much with it. And it was yeah. missing so much in my life. You know, I was just working yeah. on the weddings and not having time for me. It was crazy. Right. So, it's been great to talk to you today, Beauty. Thank you so much Thank for coming you. to share with us. It's just incredible. You're so welcome. With you there over in Guam in the in the West Pacific Ocean. It's just incredible, isn't it? What's capable, what is capable, what we're capable of today, you know? Definitely, definitely. I'm so thankful for your time and just being able to share my story because Guam is such a tiny little island. You know, you can't really see it on the map. You ha you really have to zoom like maybe seven times in order to go on Google Maps and wow. really see, see you know, the, the shape of the island. And it's important because sometimes we feel so small, no matter where we're from, no matter if we're from, um, a, you know, a major country, sometimes we feel so small and we feel so alone but when we uh you know surround ourselves with people who are like-minded and you know believe in the same things we do or have the same goals that we do it feels less lonely and it's way easier to live life with a positive mindset you know yeah because you find you find support in in the groups that you're in and, and with the people and we are so lucky now that we're in this digital age 
imagine if COVID had come and we didn't have the digital age or the groups that, you know, the membership groups that we're all part of, you know, you and I are part of uh, the same membership group, but we're also been on the same course together, you know, and it's yes. without that. And you know how much support we get in those spaces. It's like life would have been tougher. So I yeah, I probably I probably would have been like making all these little drawings and dolls and things and be like, okay, this is my new friend today. <laughs> I'll be I'll be focusing more on my artwork, just kind of like taking all the loony out of my head and be like, oh. <laughs> so definitely. that's it. Oh, it's been so brilliant to talk to you. And it's just so beautiful to know somebody like on the other side of the world. And I love what you're doing. You've, you know, you've done so well. Like you say, Guam's a tiny little island. And look at you achieving so much and doing so much yeah. for women, you know, <laughs> so much for women. So I'm proud to have you on. Thank you so much. It's been so, so fun. I love your setup here. I feel like I feel like a superstar right now being behind your yes. scenes. I think this is oh, only the third so time fun. of my stream here. So it's so fun. Thank you again yeah. for having me. And I hope that everybody out there is able to join um, us in your group so that we can feel more um, wild hearted. You know, it's just like that. I love the name of your group. It's so it's so cool. You like it. Yes, <laughs> well, definitely. I love it because I feel like that's what I am. I never ever when I, I I never fitted a nine to five myself. And when I left my nine to five in 2013, it was after I've realized this the last couple of days, by the way, it was after like five years of starting to kind of start on my spiritual path. But I wasn't really mm. deeply spiritual then. It was just this kind of awakening that life wasn't the way I needed it to be. And I needed to change. So 2013, we left England and came to Spain and the first thing we did was take 10 months off and went traveling and went traveling in Asia and find out what we wanted to do but the weird thing was it was never really about then committing myself to 50 60 hour work weeks but that is what I ended up doing through my masculine education and energy and and only now am I really like doing what is right for me but that sense of freedom I came here to have a life of freedom. And although I could take holidays when I want and take days off when I wanted, I never really felt free until the last year, you know? When right, I had yeah. weddings. <laughs> yeah, and 2020 was, 2020 was a very freeing and healing me a year for me too. So yeah. I, I totally agree, you know? Yeah. It, was, it was time to put the world on pause anyways, yeah. It really Definitely. was, it was getting too much. It was just like overload completely, you know? Mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. yeah so it's great to be able to be living your life isn't it like with heart and soul and setting boundaries and knowing what's right for you and living living yes. it by your design living in yes. alignment with your design I'm really passionate about human design I love it I um I want to learn a bit more so I can start to coach my you know my my people as well about yeah, it yeah it's been super helpful with me too with my family yeah, yeah. I, I just asked them for their birthday and everything I enter their chart and I'm like oh this is why yeah. <laughs> this Actually, is why these are things are happening <laughs> yeah this is it Livy's got a course starting I think on the first of May now that she's um, you know she's, that is for people who want to understand their own design but also who want to learn how to do it so they can help their clients so yeah it's look out for that if you fancy getting involved I might well I might well sign up for that one <laughs> so, definitely I'll look out because I, I because because you have a similar profile I think I'll be able to piggyback on it and just learn a little bit more because I I've really studied as much as I can on my own 
And yeah. I, it was just fascinating for me only because only because as you know, as projectors, we're able to really decipher somebody's system or program. And it, it was very easy for me to nitpick out of it. So I was like, wow, this is just amazing. I absolutely love it. But uh, thank you so much again. I, I remember our time slot was only for like 30 minutes. So I see oh, our countdown, yeah, but it's been so fun. I feel like yeah. I, I feel like I found yes. a soul soul sister, uh, a fellow witch. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> a fellow weirdo. Yes, we must start our own coven. <laughs> I love it. That's so oh. fun. All right, my darling. Well, I'm giving you a big hug over there. And Thank yeah, maybe you. one day I'll get to Guam and come and see you. I would love to. I just need to travel and right likewise, now. And likewise, if I, if I ever get the chance to go out there as well. Yeah, Thank you so definitely. much again for having me. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Join me again next time for another episode in the Empowered Women Rise series. And don't forget to pop along, give us a review and share this podcast to your friends and family who may well be interested.